You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. 702. Weather with Simon Gear. It's cooler, Simon, at last. It's a bit of a respite. Yeah, good morning, Bruce. It's uh, cloudy and rather wet at the moment, actually. In fact, today is the best chance of rain for the, the next week or so. Um, and uh, definitely the temperatures uh, showing it. Joburg starting off at 16, reaching a high of 22 for anything, 16 and 21. And Pretoria, 17 and 24. Scattered showers through the day across uh, the province. And uh, looking ahead, uh, clearing a bit tomorrow, uh, the next chance of, uh, or pretty good chance of rain is on Saturday. Uh, but at least a possibility of thunderstorms uh, all the way through the next four or five days. Uh, no matter where you travel in the eastern parts of the country today, it's going to be cloudy and wet in Bombarda, expecting showers at a high of 23. Uh, down towards Durban, they're wet and a high of 24. Um, so it's really good to see uh, to, to see that rain coming in uh, sort of through the, the, the middle of summer. It's actually turned out to be a reasonably good uh, season. But of course, the best type of weather at this time of year is wet up here, but sunny wherever they're playing the cricket. And Cape Town, clear skies, windy, and a high of 54 degrees. It's going to be a scorcher for Cape Town, but I dare say perfect for going and sitting under the oaks. So that's really, really good news. Um, otherwise, there are a few warnings of localised flooding over the northwest province and parts of the northern Cape and the Free State. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it looks like the ideal sort of weather that we want uh, for, for this time. It's a lot easier to go to work if you know that the kids are rained in at home <laughs> and can't have a swimming pool. And they can't get themselves into trouble. Absolutely important. When you say it in, in Durban, they're all wet. You're referring to the fact that the weather is moist, not the people are wet. Oh, no, of course, yes. Although the people are a bit clammy because of the humidity down there. <laughs> no, no. Now, listen, um, we got this dream. I think it's a, it's a realistic dream. When I was a kid, and I'm sure when you were a kid, Simon, yeah, the dream was about flying cars. Um, that was what the future looked like. I'm not sure if anybody had ever thought of the physics of flying cars and all of that sort of stuff. But really, an achievable goal in the next five, maybe ten years is this idea of the self-driving car, the self-driving car that does carpooling, the Uber without drivers of the future. Yeah, this is, it's actually got to the stage now I don't think there's a single other thing in the future that I'm, I'm feeling so impatient about. But I've got <laughs> to the stage where I, I, I tangibly resent having to buy vehicles now um, because, because we, we know that, that you know, self-driving cars are basically here, we just need to implement the things. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so the, the thought of actually still having to spend thousands and thousands of rand on our own chunk of metal that we leave parked in a, in a basement for, you know, 23 hours a day is ridiculous. Anyway, this is a study by, uh, the Boffins at MIT, uh, just basically doing a, a computer simulation of what self-driving ride-sharing cars would mean for New York City. And uh, so the idea they have here is not quite the Uber model where you, you jump in, you know, into your own little car and get taken somewhere, um, but rather uh, vehicles that are, um, are, are very artificially intelligent and are able to source other people who are going to more or less the same place as you are along the way. And so you land up with sort of three or four people sharing a vehicle. It'll be culturally quite a, a, a sort of different experience. But anyway, uh, there are currently 13,000 taxis in New York City, and they reckon that these could be replaced by a fleet of 3,000 ride-sharing cars that uh, would be able to um, be 
uh, re, uh, repositioned to make up for a demand that is anticipated into the future, uh, be able to sort of all cluster around the stadium as the game is about to finish, all of those sort of things. Um, but it, it shows that uh, there's going to be a substantial decrease in traffic when these things eventually come through. Oh, I just wish they would come tomorrow. I mean, again, so much of the stuff is pipe dream, uh, Simon. When you look at it and think to yourself, we, we, our, our best estimates are often underscored and our worst are, are also similarly over-exaggerated. When it comes to the sort of carpooling and the sort of self-drive cars of the future, what is your best estimate on a time frame, I mean, you read up a lot of this sort of stuff. I look at five years as perhaps being a little bit too ambitious, certainly in South Africa. Maybe Santon, 10 years from now, is dominated by, by robot cars? Yeah, to be honest, what I think what's happened, particularly in South Africa, is that we all lag behind on the self-driving cars thing um, for a couple of reasons. Our cities are very widespread, you know, and because, yeah. particularly because of the apartheid uh, sort of remnant. Um, so it's not going to be as efficient as places like Manhattan where people live and work, you know, above one another. Um, but, but one thing that I think will happen, I think we'll see self-driving cars moving people around begin to come through in specific communities in Europe and the States where they've made a centralized decision to go for it. And we're already seeing some towns like that in California where they're, they're putting in that, that planning. What I do think we'll see worldwide, and I think it'll roll out very, very quickly, are self-driving trucks. Um, because that just makes sense. Large open roads, um, they can drive through the night when no one else is on the road, all of those sort of things. I think that'll come through in the next... Uh, uh, I, I tend to be a little bit bearish, probably only the, less, the next decade to 15 years, but, but I certainly think that's where we'll, we'll get used to them before we start getting used to actually commuting in them. Simon Gare, thank you very much. Carpooling, the self-driving car. If you've got a four-year-old or a five-year-old, they'll be desperate to get into the driver's seat. And you, you can silence them by just saying to them, you're never going to drive a car, child, because the car will drive itself. And then they'll be quiet for five minutes while they think about that.